Welcome to Barrel Surf Podcast. Namu here with you. It is St. Patrick's Day, March the 17th, 2020. I don't know how many of you are Irish or getting amongst it today for St. Paddy's Day, but I imagine not too many, actually, because of this bloody virus. It's been in the news, it's been everywhere, and it's uh, no end in sight from the look of it. We have had some incredibly large news from the WSL this morning. They have said, Radio Bells, you're off. Margaret River, you are also off. So those two events have officially been cancelled, along with all events up until the end of May 2020. Looks like we're going to have a truncated season, if we have a season at all, on the WSL for the World Championship Tour. Could it be another year like 2001, where five events decided a World Championship Congrats, CJ. No asterisks here in my books. You deserved that. Um, so yeah, it's been it's been a big day in uh, surfing and all around the world. I guess the message from Barrel Surf Podcast is take care of each other, take care of yourselves, be kind, and uh, yeah, do everything you can to stay safe and sane at this uh, yeah challenging time that we are experiencing right now. T-Bone has just got back from Indonesia, and uh, he was lucky enough to be able to sit down with. All-round surfing legend Sonny Abbotton to have a bit of a chat. Sonny was kind enough to give T-Bone some of his time and they have a chat about all things Sonny. Stoked to see there's not too much stuff about the Bra Boys and all that. It's more just about Sonny and his experiences on the World Tour, how he got into surfing. And uh, yeah, I'm sure you're going to enjoy it. I should make mention that the interview is recorded in a fairly challenging environment in terms of the audio so hopefully that's not too much of a problem i'm sure you'll be able to get past it and enjoy the interview with sunny so without much further ado here's tyron with sunny abberton um well i grew up in the uh, eastern suburbs of sydney um Maribra beach in particular known as the bra i started surfing before i can even remember um, our grandfather used to put us on a, an old foamy up the front of his board and he had um, gradually just let go, and you know, and we didn't know he was still holding on anymore. But, yeah, we'd been surfing before I can even remember when we started. So how, how was the other crowds back in those days? Um, it was still fairly crowded. It was very much uh, surf central, you know what I mean? It was a massive surf culture there. But um, it's... It's definitely not as crowded as it is now, but there was still a lot of people in the surf. And growing up as a, as a kid when you first started surfing, um, did you have any people you looked up to, like you thought, geez, they ripped or, or, or guys that you thought, well, they surf really good and I want to surf like that? Yeah, um, there was quite a lot, but Maribor was a really big surf culture. It was, um, like we had... Uh, we were growing up, Larry Blair, he was a two-times pipeline master. He lived next door to us. I think. And uh, we had uh, a whole lot of, like, Steve Blackie Wilson and a whole lot of surfers who had, like, um, Red Johnson. They'd, they weren't, you know, top, like, tier surfers, but, they'd, you know, they were making finals and semifinals of, especially in Hawaii and, you know, stuff like that in the uh, Smirnoff Pro, which was at Sunset. And, um, yeah, there was quite a lot of... Um, Jay Brown, he was a young um, amateur surfer, like pro junior surfer, was one of the best with that, that like Mickey Wood and Luke Egan and that those like. So yeah. 
Yeah, there was a, there was a massive surf culture, yeah. and I think Marimba board riders was one of the key sort of board riders in Australia at the time yeah. then as well. Oh, Nicky Wood, mate, was he the mm-hmm. same sort of uh, generation as you coming up as a, as a junior? No, he was a, a little bit older than me. Yeah. He was a generation above me. But um, Nicky used to come down and stay at Jay Brown's house because they were both sponsored by Mango oh. at that time. <laughs> what so a classic. That was, um, yeah, that, that was our first memory of, of Nicky, but he was a great surfer, eh? So how did you get into actually start competing like as a junior? How did you fall into that? Um, yeah, I just, I, I mean, as I said, it was a massive surf culture. We had Larry Blair, you know, two times well, um, two times pipe master champion, I should say. And um, my first job, I got a job washing dishes in the steakhouse next to the big seals club by the beach just so, you know, I could, like all the surfers used to um, eat there and, you know, come for steaks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just I was a dish, dish pig, but just yeah. so I could, you know, stick my head around the corner yeah, and go, yeah. oh, wow, there's Larry Bear, Blair, yeah, there's Blackie Wilson, there's yeah. Red Johnson. Yeah. So um, I, I suppose from a young age, yeah, I just wanted to be, be like them and be yeah. a pro, you know. Yeah. Did you so did you get into like surfing like the national titles and state titles that sort of thing, mate? Before you stepped into the professional ranks, yeah, um, a little bit later from a kid. I didn't start too young, but it was like when I was about fourteen, fifteen. I started to sort of like win, you know, um, you know, zones and states, and um, made my first Aussie title. I think when I was fourteen or something like that. Pretty young, mate. Fourteen, yeah, fourteen or fi- fourteen or fifteen, yeah, but um. That was kind of a bit of a turning point. Um, down there, I um, was at Bells Beach, and um, it's kind of my first trip out of Maroubra. And I'd sold um, sold like watermelons and soft drinks <laughs> on the beaches, on the beaches to get there, you know. Classic. And um, yeah, I actually I made it right through to the um, quarterfinals, and I'd um, cut my foot. On the th- on the um, I knocked my fin out, cut my foot, and I needed six stitches. Yeah, so they um, got got me out of the uh, water and had to rush me up to the hospital. Oh, classic! It, it sounds um, yeah, a bit different these days. Eh? I, I can't say I've heard um, people selling watermelons to make make it, make <laughs> surfing events, mate. So I guess you have to do what you have to do. So yeah, classic. How'd you find surfing bells? No, well, it was really good. I actually, they stitched me up and I came back down on the shore and my, my semi-final was in the water and they said, like, mate, you've missed your heat. Oh. And I said, no way have I, you know. I'd, like, really sort of struggled to get there and um, I was pretty determined, young lad. And um, so I grabbed my mate's board um, and uh, Sol Baker's from Warner it was, actually, and he grabbed his board and got out there and I'd won, won my semi. Classic, mate, classic, yeah. mate. Yeah. <laughs> made the final. So, um, yeah. Who'd you, who'd you come up against in the final? Jeez. Oh, I really can't remember. I knew there was a WA guy there, actually. It was um, a, a big natural footer. Um, Marty, they're from Smith Beach. What's his second name? Oh, not Marty Chandler? Marty Chandler, oh, yeah. That's, that's... yeah. Marty Chandler, that's right, yeah. I was good mates with Marty, but he was yeah. in that final. And I think it might have been Marcus Brabant, um, one of the Billabong guys, and can't remember the rest. But yeah, Marty Chan was definitely in there. That's a name from the from the past. That's a classic, mate. Because uh, I don't really know Marty Chandler that well, but um, I, I see him out in the surf um, 
especially when it's barreling, he's always getting the best ways and getting the tube off himself. So he, he's still living down in the, uh, the Gunster Yelling Up area, mate. So that, that, that's classic. So, mate, after you sort of your junior career, when did you actually actually start surfing professionally? Um, well, that, I'll, I'll take it back to that junior career more so because um, from that Aussie titles, I made the. Uh, I, I got an interference in the final. I got second, I think. But I made the uh, World world um, world Juniors or the World Scholastics Juniors. And that was held in Bali. Oh, awesome. And that was, I think it was the first year they had them, actually. Yeah. Might have been 1988. Where, where was it? 1989. Where'd they have it, mate? In, uh, in Legion Beach in Bali, yeah. <laughs> the water was probably a bit cleaner back then, huh? Yeah, it would have been a lot cleaner, mate, yeah. But I remember that, yeah, it was, that That was, yeah. <laughs> that was back in the day when there was Peanuts and the Surrey Club going strong. Mm. Were, they the, were they the bars of choice back then? Oh, I, I can't, I was even, I think we, were, we had, um, we had chaperones and all Mick, Mick, Mick Mock, it was New South Wales guys and Tony Wales. And we kind of had, yeah, we weren't allowed out, but I snuck out of my first night. Of course you would, <laughs> yeah. of course you would. <laughs> yeah, and, um. Yeah, and I, um, yeah, we went out. Me and Bo Emerton, actually, it was. Oh, I'd, yeah? I'd, I'd corrupted Bo, I think, and we took him out. He was from the Taree around Foster and that, and he was a great young little surfer, and he was a couple of years younger than me. And so, yeah, I think it was me and Bo snuck out. Can you, can you remember where you went? <laughs> oh, mate. That's, that's jogging the memory back. <laughs> yeah, I'll tell you, I'll tell you the, tr- the story. Yeah. So I ran into a couple of the older Maribra guys. Yeah. And they said uh, they were out partying, a lot of Maribor guys and that were there and were pretty much maniacs. And they said, uh, oh, come on, Sonny, it's your first night out, you know, like, well, how about we get you a route, you know? And, uh, <laughs> I don't think I'd ever had a route before anymore. And so they were, anyway, they were trying to, like, pressure me into getting this bloody, you know, barley bloody um, um, hooker or whatever it is. Oh, plus- and, um, mate, I, I got that scared. I bloody ran all the way home. Straight to the hotel. I had to jump. They pushed me in this lane and I jumped the fence. I don't blame you, mate. Ran, I don't ran blame all the way you at home. I'm sure that um, I had one look at the girl's Adam's apple and bloody took off. What happened to Bo Emerson? Was he, I, was he t- bringing up the rear? I don't know. I left him behind. <laughs> he, might, he might be still scarred from that event. Mate. He was never the same again. Oh, classic, mate. So, how did you go in that in that event? Yeah, I, I made the finals. I made the finals. Um, I think I got second or third. Yeah. And um, yeah, it kind of like started started sort of my career from that from that event. And were you sponsored at that point, or did you pick up some sponsors after? Yeah, um, I was sponsored by at that stage. I think Hot Buttered. And um, yeah, Hot Buttered surfboards and uh, maybe popping hot wetsuits. That's sick, though. Yeah, and, um, yeah, but then, um, yeah, can't remember who else. So after after the Bali Com, obviously you were still, still really young. Um, so when did you sort of start, um, I guess, doing it as a full-time sort of gig, mate, as, well, a, as a young Aussie pro surfer? Well, then we started doing those, uh, the pro juniors, really, and there was like a, a world sort of pro junior circuit. So that's probably what the first one we went to the, like the, um, it was kind of like the world junior titles, I suppose, it was the Quicksilver Pro Junior in, in Osigore in France. Yes. 
And um, yeah, I did really good in that. I, I, I like, um, well, I made the final. It was man to man final, but I made the final three years in a row. And so that was kind of the stepping stone. All the world's best juniors were there, you know. And yeah. so it was kind of um, that was the stepping stone, as I suppose, turning pro. Sounds like you had some good um, junior results. Yeah, yeah. In one way, um, I think I might have started a little bit too young, you know. I wish I would have waited a little while before I um, full-on got into travelling the world at, you know, 15. I mean, no, young, no regrets. It? Yeah. No regrets. You know, we had an unreal time. You know, it was really good, but um, it was pretty bloody young to me, you know, and, and chasing that circus, what it was. Yeah, yeah. The sex, drugs, and rock and roll <laughs> circus, you know. Like, that was, it was pretty crazy for a 15-year-old. So back then, did they have, like, the... Like the like the managers, you know, the team managers and the kit bosses. That these say professional surfers seem just to, they don't have to lift the lift the finger. They just seem to be looked after. What was it like back then, mate? When you were when you were that young? No, nah, it was pretty raucous, mate. Like um, I think our um, I won't name any names, but the guy who was looking after us was pretty much an alcoholic. You know? <laughs> <laughs> and like, yeah, so. Nah, there was no team managers in that. I was pre- I was pretty fit though. I was pretty focused. You know, I'd come from like um, Maruba's a pretty like um, sort of fitness routine sort of thing. I was always boxing and yeah. always training. So I was probably one of the fittest. You know, like we'll say juniors and stuff. And you know, but um, yeah, my parents came from sort of a drug background, so I was pretty anti drugs and yeah. stuff. You know, like so. Yeah. But um, to see a lot of it, it was pretty, you know, it was pretty hectic. Like, yeah. you know, you look at young kids now after 15 travelling around the world, but, you know, because the, the, at that stage then I moved into Rusty sponsoring me and um, I was very appreciative. But, um, you know, they, the first year you're really only paying for your airfares and your contest fees. We, we're getting a lot of boards, you know. I think we used to, first year we got 25 free surfboards, you know. Yeah. What, what was the prize money's back then, mate? Yeah, it was still pretty good, I think. Not nothing like now, but you know, yeah. if you won the pro junior, it was probably like ten grand or something. Yeah. I, I guess these days, the, the, like for a CT event, they're paying first prize. I think it's a hundred hundred k. Yeah. Um, when did you? Um, I guess when you when you started your, your pro junior career in, in your in your early professional career, um, did you did you have any uh, arch rivals, mate, or people you really wanted to smash? Yeah, well, pretty much it was Slater because, <laughs> yeah, we pretty much started at the same same time and our um, birthdays are only one day different from each other. No, yeah. I just said your birthday just recently. Yeah. <laughs> oh, classic. But, um, yeah, but, you know, it was we had a really good junior rivalry, a lot of those guys, like even Jake Paddo I travelled with, yeah. um, Shane Powell, luckily there was a lot of good juniors at that stage, you know. Yeah. Slater was... Um, and. Shane Herring, we were all like all best mates, you know, and travelling. We were the Aussie contingent, and yeah. when Slater come come around, we just wanted to kick his ass, you know. Oh no, yeah, I, I remember the uh, was it the '92 Coca Cola? I think when Herring, Herring beat Slater in the yeah. final or something, and, and Herring was riding those banana boards. Yeah, um, yeah, that was pretty classic. You got any 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 stories about the Slater, mate? Any heats? Um, yeah, I, I beat him in the Miyazaki Pro in Japan. Um, I think it was that year as well, '92. So um, yeah, that was um, it was mate. The, the bad thing about that event, I'm a pretty big bloke, and um, you know I'm like six foot, and I've, you know I'm 
about 90 kilos now, but, you know, like, I've always been pretty big. So a lot of the, back then, the waves were, like, tiny, you yeah, know. Yeah. We were surfing in, um, a, we were surfing, we were mainly chasing the summer, you know. So yeah. you were surfing in, like, tiny waves everywhere. Yeah, yeah. So whenever it was big, I did good. Yeah. And there was the Miyazaki Pro in Japan, there was a Typhoon, and it got pretty decent swell, and, yeah, I beat him in the quarterfinals or something like that, and I was... Yeah, it was pretty um, soaked at the time. My, my brother actually beat him years later too at the Marimba Pro. So I, I remember yeah. that. I remember <laughs> that. That was epic. Yeah, he's he's pretty amazing though. Isn't he? He's still still competing at forty eight. Mm. Uh, we sort of talk about him a bit on the podcast. And we think this this could be his last hurrah. Um, I think he still wants to win a title. Do, do you still follow the tour at all and people that are on it? Yeah, yeah. Well, mate, Kelly's just one of those like really great people, you know. Like, um, he actually got in contact with me not long ago and sent me a, a new board, you know, one of his boards, and it, it landed with a like full on, you know, put in a board cover with deck grip and um, a leggy and full on kitted out, <laughs> you know. You got a new sponsor, <laughs> yeah. No, but that's just the type of bloke he is, you yeah. know. Like, um, I still follow it, and you know, after I. Like, you know, got my younger brother into it and started managing a few of the boys, you know, Kobe and Mark Matthews and the likes. But, um, yeah, like, you know, but, um, yeah, Slater's just one of those genuine, really good blokes that, you know, to send me a board after, you know, 20 years. What <laughs> like, a legend. What, what a legend. legend yeah. Uh, you mentioned about <sighs> you used to like the bigger ways. What were some of the um, the stops on tour that, that, that you used to do well in, mate? Um, just really Hawaii, you know. But, um yeah, I did good in Haleiwa, I did good at Sunset. Um, never never really had pipe. I used to want to just charge back to all, but it was just never never there, you know. Um, but, yeah, like, whenever there was swell, I did good. I made the um, – I got second in the in a Portugal event as well as six-star WQS when there was a bit of size on it. And you, uh, came, you came down to Market River one year, you were telling me yesterday. Yeah, yeah, that year when um, Tom Curran won it, um, that was that was massive swells, yeah. you know, twelve to fifteen foot swell. It was pretty big for back for back those days, you know, like having a contest with some decent size. But um, yeah, Don't I didn't think there was I, any jet ski assistance back then, huh? <laughs> nah, nothing, <laughs> nah, nothing like that. But um, I think that year I'd got um, I'd got eleven thirty nights in a row. It was like. You know, like one place before the main event. Yeah. You know, surfing all these small waves, and then Rusty Prisendorfer came over to uh, watch the event, and I'd made the made the main event, and I think I got a seventeenth or something. Richard Dogmarsh beat me, but he went in to be runner up. So, with um, that was Richard Dogmarsh. He was a good guy. He was from Cronulla, over in our area, but there was a really big left-hander over there called Voodoo, and so yeah, yeah, yeah. We used to surf it a lot, and he was one of my like sort of peers going up, yeah. so I think, yeah, yeah. I remember Doug Marsh. I, I, I think he does coaching. I, I think he's on the tour does a bit of coaching. Um, Frederico Morales, I'm not sure. Do you, do you keep in contact with Doug Marsh? Um, I, Andy King, I do. One of the um, one of the other coaches, but I haven't seen Doug for a while. John Shimuka, I do. He's um, in jiu jitsu. We do jiu jitsu together and stuff. Um, yeah, so. Yeah, he's just having oh, up Shmoo, a... Oh, Shmoo, eh? A bit of a character, wasn't <laughs> yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. He had a few stories. Yeah. Caramel and Shmoo, some good times. Yeah, mate. Oh, jeez, we had some hilarious times. Actually, one year we went... Um, 
was John John Shimuka, Brad Gerlach, Rod Kerr, a whole bunch of these. Um, Sonny Miller, the photographer, who passed away. But um, we went to Japan, and these guys had kind of hoodwinked me. You know, I was only like sixteen, and they said, "You're with us, Gromit." You know, and um, <laughs> Sonny Miller had taken thirty disco outfits with him in his bags. <laughs> And um, with a big, massive old, like, run DMC, um, you know, yeah. you know, blaster. Yeah, yeah. And, um, mate, we all got dressed up and we are going through the streets of Tokyo, like, with this, you know, we'd, we'd had a song <laughs> and we're all in these disco flares oh, and, like, classic. hair. And, mate, I swear, it was like we're a rock band. It was, like, <laughs> hundreds of people, like, like following us down the street. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's good memories, mate. Yeah. And did you make? Did you get over to the states? Did you surf like around Huntington? Because we had a few events over there back in the day. We still do. Yeah, no, I surfed heaps of those events, mate. But um, you know, I I'd kind of always wanted to be like you know, cut my teeth in the in the juice, you know. And yeah. I think I remember my first event was at the Huntington Beach um, Pro, and um, it was like, you know, it was thirty centimeters little, like oh, it was yeah, tiny. Yeah. Yeah. And I was up against Ross Clark Jones and, and Brock Little. Jeez. Jeez. Yeah. Know? And I was just like, far out. These guys are my heroes. And how can I even hassle them for like a exactly. half a full wave, you know? Yeah, yeah. And when you look at the crew of those guys at that, mate, like um, obviously chasing the, chasing the big stuff. And yeah, um, sad news about obviously Brock Little. Um, and uh, obviously RCJ is still going strong in the, in, in the big wave world. And, did you catch him on uh, Survivor, mate? <laughs> yeah, I did, actually, yeah. But I, I've got a good story about Roscoe Jones, actually. Um, it was the first time we went to Spain. And um, the uh, we, we at, was it Panish? No, not Panish. Um, it was the Pantene Classic. Oh, it's yeah. It was the house. It was the house, yeah. Rouse, yeah. And anyway, we all went out one night and I'd, um, I'd met a nice Spanish girl and I... Um, got back to the hotel like and I think I'd done good in the event there and it was very competitive between all the boys. And anyway that left me. The, my bought my um surfboard and all my bags was out in the um in the lobby, you know, and I was like and the next event was in Portugal. And I didn't have you know, I was sixteen, I didn't have a car or anything, I was seventeen. I'm like, no way, how am I gonna they've left me these passes, <laughs> you know? So anyway, I hitched a ride back down to the contest site. And like, you know, they're, they're basically ripping down the, you know, the scaffolding and there's like a ghost town down there and there's one car down there parked in front of the scaffold. Mm. And I've gone and knocked on the window and not a word of a lie, like it was what, like one of those Cheech and Chong, <laughs> you know, as, as, as the windows rolled down, yeah. smoke, smoke spiralled out and it's, oh, um, it's Gary Green and Ross Clark Jones oh, <laughs> in the car. Classic. Oh, and anyway, they drove me all. They said, I said, mate, I'm stuck here. I've got nowhere to, can't get to Portugal. And they said, jump in from it. <laughs> and we, um, no, yeah, it, no, it wasn't Ross Clark. It was actually uh, Mark Sainsbury and Gary Sanger. Sanger, rest in peace. Yeah, yeah, it was Sanger. And, yeah, and um, that's who it was. It was Sanger, yeah. And I'd actually, just bringing it back a little bit, um, I was so keen when I was a Gromit that um, I wanted to join the best, the best, um, board Riders Club, so I joined the Vocal Board Riders yeah. as a second club because they'd had like yeah, one of the best juniors. They had like Sam Shell, um, Shane Powell, yeah, um, yeah, like, um, and then they had they had um, you know Mark Sainsbury, had a whole host of guys. So I joined that as my second club. So yeah, when 
I was stuck and I knocked on the window. <laughs> yeah, it was like Jason Chong. <laughs> I was saying, you know, yeah. saying in that North Smoke poured out the window. Yeah. I said, I can't get them. They said, jump in, Gromit. And oh, gee, that was an adventure oh, with man. those guys. But they got me to Portugal and I made the final and done pretty good in that event. So it was all good. Oh, classic, mate. Um, yeah, saying that, yeah, I remember, I mean, I'm still pretty similar generation and Pauly, yeah, I. Yeah, he was a. I thought he was an amazing surfer oh, back he then. Was, yeah. He, he, had, he had probably had a lot of success in the, in, in his competitive career. Right? Um, so you travelled a bit with Pally, both yeah, both with Rusty, both with Rusty, yeah, yeah. So um, we got pretty lucky actually. Um, from that, from that Avoca trip, um, Bruce Turner was the uh, New South Wales Rusty rep, and Rusty has kind of made an impact in Australia. And they said they wanted to sponsor one junior. But um, I joined the Vocal Board Riders and um, was doing pretty well. And one day Vocal Point was quite sizable and, you know, <laughs> put on a good show. And, <laughs> yeah. and Bruce Turner said, mate, if we're going to sponsor Powley, we've got to sponsor this kid, Sonny Abbott, as Classic. well. And so they did. They sponsored both me and Powley. Yeah. We pretty much travelled together for the next five years or something. Classic, mate. Who else was in the Rusty team back then? Um, that um, bloody... Beautiful red-headed larrikin that we love, <laughs> <laughs> Josh Palmatier. Yeah. Oh, I love that bloke. And um, it was Matt Branson, Josh Palmatier, uh, me and Pally pretty much. Yeah, it was a bloody raucous, raucous bunch. <laughs> had, a, had a good time travelling around, I bet. Mm. Bloody oath, yeah. And I think all of us, well, Pally did really good. You know, he had real natural, good style, like as a surfer. But um, both Brano and, and uh, Josh were more big wave surfers as well. Kind of excelled in those big wave surfing. Yeah, sort of, sort of power powerhouse sort of service. Like. Yeah, yeah. In the in the sort of the big wave stuff, mate. Did you have sort of a go to shaper for your for your bigger boards? What sort of boards were you riding back then? Like you know, obviously these days they ride like toothpicks and. What sort of boards were you on in, in, in Hawaii? Yeah, I think. Well, even before that, I, I mentioned to you yesterday that was, uh, Greg Lorenzen was my shaper for Rusty from Big yeah. Wave Boards. And, yeah. gee, I had some beautiful um, – developed a really good relationship with him. He was just such an old, good, you know, like um, just, just a waterman, really. Just had all that knowledge of, you know, I suppose growing up around WA and, and you know, shaping those boards for all those big wave riders like he – um, yeah, he was just a legend, and he shaped a lot of my boards for Hawaii. Yeah, and um, yeah, I, I never sort of cracked the final, you know, or anything, but I always was right there. You know, I was yeah. a bit risky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sometimes when you're overconfident, you can do things that you know. Yeah, you get too much confidence, and you you, you go for it. You know, you yeah. paddle down to that other bank, and you or you do this, or you go yeah. for the big move. So yeah, but um, yeah, it was it was a bit. It was like um. Seven three, seven six, yeah, eight footer. I think eight six was about the biggest Big back board. then. Yeah. What was your What was your short board back then? It was a bit bigger. It was six four. Yeah. It was six fours. Um, and now I'm riding a six two. But um, yeah, I looked at an old photo of a of a, a magazine about a Kobe sent me. It was a big sort of vertical, um, like a kind of climb the lip, and I was up in the top of the lip. But you can see how big the board is. I'm riding. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It was six four. I think it was six four. And for, for me to be running a six four when I was bloody, you know, nineteen or something, you know. Yeah. I think the boards were big. I remember um, 
I used to travel with a seven too. That was I only had one board. Yeah. It was an old Jim Banks. We travelled through Europe, and, and then I was on a six eight. And, I mean, my shortest board now is five ten. It's funny, you know, but the volume's there. But uh, it's funny how the, the boards have evolved over the years, and uh, people have gone shorter, but they still got the, the volume. Yeah, well, I, I think in that period that after the Shane Herring body banana boards, that was a bad period. I think they went way too narrow. Like, yeah, I think so too. It didn't yeah. suit my style of surfing either. Like, you know, it was kind of more of a power-based surfer. Yeah. So, like, attack the lip. And that, I don't know, that sort of banana board was a little bit too, you, you kind of, you know, if the, if the right waves were, were there, it was good. But, um, no, it went too narrow. It was too flicky and stuff, you know. Yeah, I, I agree, mate. Yeah, I think um, I think boards have gone a bit bit wider again. Before I remember, yeah, boards seem narrow and, and like a banana. I mean, not they just didn't cater for all, all types no. of waves. So um, yeah, this year um, uh, speaking, we speaking of Bali before. So this year the World Tour is going back to G Land. Have you been to um, G Land, mate, or surfed any other parts of Indo? Yeah. Um like years ago, you know, I think actually me and my brothers when we were like 14, or I was 15, my brother Jai was 14, Kobe would have been about bloody, you know, 11 then, no, he was about 12, we were a bit older, we, um, full house style, we, we went to get to Bali and everyone was going there, we couldn't get there, so we got a, we got a McCafferty's bus to Darwin, yeah. I think it was 80 bucks, and then we got a fishing boat to East Timor, <laughs> And oh, then we hitched, shit. yeah, and then we hired these three little boats and um, tied them together and then we got to Bali for about, about $250. Bucks. Yeah. And my brothers, my, they were like 14, I think I was probably like 17. You know, Kobe would have been like 12 and that was our first trip over there. And you were, you were leading the way, mate? Um, I reckon my brother tried. <laughs> the main out was more leading the way. But, yeah, it was pretty, um, pretty adventurous. But you look at young kids now... You know, and, uh, mate, we're all they won't be catching home. the bus to Darwin. They'll be getting on a bus. <laughs> no, no. But that's fair to come how we did it, eh? That's how the first time we did it. We did it the cheapest way possible, yeah. and I forged my mum's signature on their part on their on their passports and that. And um, yeah, we did it like old school pirate style, mate. That's classic. <laughs> I, I just couldn't imagine, um, yeah, um, kids that age to do something like yeah. that. You know, it's it's. I guess it's a bit of a different world that we live in now, but um, yeah, that would have been a crazy experience uh, back then. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, speaking of your brothers, mate, you keep in contact with your brothers? Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, we had all Christmas all together. Um, and my younger brother Dakota as well. He's he's um, he's only twenty five at the moment. He's like, yeah, big big uh, well twenty twenty one years age difference with us. But um, so you're the old you're the oldest. I'm the oldest. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, but um, he's charging a lot. He lives in Bali, and Kobe lives in Bali as well. And um, you know, they're um, enjoying life. The boat. Um, Jai's got a young little boy now too. Um, Eamon and and um, Kobe's got a young boy too. He's three or four. Um, Makua Sunny. Classic. Yeah. Sunny. He knows. Yeah. He's, yeah. He knows. Sunny. That's uh, classic. Oh, yeah. Okay. That's mm. classic, mate. Makua. Yeah. Is it? Did you name your son after? Is that after Makua? Makua Rothman, I think. Yeah, well, Makua, Makua means Prince of the Ocean. Yeah. So, yeah, in, um, Makua means Prince of the Ocean, so it'd be, you know, in that next generation of big wave charges. No doubt, <laughs> it's, it's in the blood, brothers. Yeah. I mean, it's in the blood, right? Yeah. yeah. Bloody oath. 
So um, going back to your surfing career, um, so what age when you sort of uh, gave it away, mate, or just sort of um, when you thought enough's enough's enough? And yeah, well, way too young, mate. I was probably um, twenty-five. You know, like to, but I was right at you know I was right in the you know I was probably like forty-five in the world. Um, yeah, way just way too young. I think I started too early and had burnout. You know, like. Um, but, but I was lucky that I wasn't a, you know, a big drug taker or anything like yeah. that because, you know, um, I've still got my senses, I suppose, yeah. and, and did a couple of successful things after my career, you know. So, um, yeah, I was lucky. But, um, yeah, I really should, looking back, you know, just, you know, that's the only regret that, that um, there wasn't a dream to it because I reckon I would have done really yeah. well in it. Yeah. And that um, I started too early. So, yeah, any kids listening, don't, don't chase it too young. Yeah. You know. Good, um, good advice, mate. Yeah. yeah. I mean, speaking of dream tour, I mean, um, if, if you're on the dream tour now, mate, what, what sort of ways appeal to you um, that are on? I mean, they've got, I guess, like Chopu, J-Bay, Pipe. Would you like, mate, write some less or you didn't mind going either way? No, I'd rather write, but I, I like a, um, a wave that comes at you. You know, like a, uh, yeah, I like a wave that's, a, yeah, anything that's sort of attacking you, coming at you, I like. Yeah, coming at it back. <laughs> yeah, mate. How's how's the uh, the aerials these days? Who, who was doing airs um, back back in back during your time, mate? Well, because I was sponsored by Rusty, I was pretty lucky actually. We stayed at the Weatherly House, the Benji and uh, Jason Weatherly, and that was the main house that was next to Jack Johnson's, oh, who lived see. on the right, and Jerry yeah. Lopez lived on the left. Yeah. And the Weatherleys had the house right in the middle, and that was the Momentum crew, you know. Oh, so yeah. I had a big trampoline out in the middle of the yard, and you know, um, had boards with no fins, and that was kind of like the, the first sort of practice practice yeah. grounds, you know. Classic. But it was kind of yeah, we're just all starting to do them, you know. Like, but I think um, yeah, it was, in those days it was the um, Fletcher. What's it, Christian no, Fletcher? Yeah, Christian yeah, Fletcher. He was yeah. Probably there. I know Nathan too. He's good friends with my brother. He charges big waves. Charges, yeah. He's got that big wave. Yeah. So, um, but yeah, met all those guys. It's been been really good with the connection yeah. that we've had too with all my boys. What about Pots, mate? Were you, does Pots, Pots sort of um, like to take it to the air back in, back in the day? Yeah, no, not really. Not, not didn't really have much to do with Pots. Yes. So, mate, um, I guess um, growing up in Maroubra and um, obviously uh, I, I, was, I was having a look um, I've actually watched the documentary a long time ago. Oh, yeah. um, tell us how, how that all came about, the, uh, the documentary that um, you, you got involved in. Um, well, I think um, there were, I, well, how can I say it? Well, there was a lot, they were saying a lot of sort of bullshit in the, in the papers and stuff, you know, and um, I'd kind of known the whole story of the area. Well, I, I didn't know the whole story. Yeah. There was people approaching us to do it documentary and do a movie on the area yes and I thought no stuff that you know like um so I kind of thought well why is this all happened how has it happened so as I sort of started to really research and look back it kind of empowered me yeah to um well for instance um something that we don't even know about in Australian um cultural history and in surf cultural history that guy called Frank Adler started the Australian Board Riders Association from Maroubra yeah. to to um, be allowed to ride his surfboards at the beach, that's it. Yeah. and the council's 
um, barred him and banned him. And, you know, that's where the first sort of registrations of the boards and that. And they said they couldn't write a board because it wasn't long enough. So right. he, he yeah. invented that first yeah, rescue okay. procedure yeah, yeah, to yeah. prove that, you know, with the one where you hold the board and paddle it over yeah. and to rescue people. And, like, how don't we know that, you know? How yeah. don't we even know that? And then to um, gain popularity, he went to Bondi and held a... And I found this all archive of footage in the, you know, the State Library and stuff yeah, yeah. where they started the first Australian Board Riders Club. Association, and um, how do we know about that stuff? You know, like, I don't. But all that sort of underground history that I kept like, researching, I think it kind of empowered me. Yeah. That um, I thought, yeah, there's sort of a story there that needs to be told and from a different angle. You know. Yeah. No, it was, I mean, I, it was a, it was a powerful story, mate. And um, yeah, it's uh, I guess it it, it told uh, your like your friends and your family side of, of, of life and, and, and what it was really like. So, uh, yeah, that was it. Well, you know why I think it was popular, though, was because although it did show that, it kind of showed, um, well, like, we were the most popular, we were the, we broke the box office record for the highest grossing documentary in Australian history. Classic. Yeah. So people resonated with it. What it showed is people connected to it. Yeah. So um, it showed that, yeah, that... Um, Rich, poor, black or white, like, yeah, you, you, sometimes it is a struggle. Yeah. But it is that very Australian mateship and that culture yeah. that yeah. where we, you know, where yeah. we do, everyone, every beach and every area has got this group that they can go to and we stick together and yeah. we, you know, rally up and we, and you move forward. So I think yeah. that was the one thing that really resonated with a lot of people, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely, mate. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Um, that mateship and um, just... Just looking after one another because not not everyone's got the um, may not have the same sort of upbringing, same um, uh, help in life than others. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's a good way to um, sort of band together and look after one another. Hey, one wave I want to ask you about mm-hmm. is ours. Um, yeah. yeah, obviously I've I've, uh, I've seen that break before, and it just yeah. doesn't look like it's surfable to me. I mean, yeah. How how did that? Who's first surfed ours, mate? And uh, what's your experiences out there? Well, how it came about, then we get a bit of cop for um, cop bit of shit for calling it ours, but it was kind of more like, you know, Hawaii's got their pipeline. Yeah. You know, you guys have got your Margaret River in the box, and all these areas. You know, the Tasians right, have got Tiapu, and yeah. you know, finally we had a had a break that was in our backyard. And this was our big wave spot, right? Yeah. yeah, it's mental spot. But um, yeah, it was some of the body bodyboarders. It was actually Mark Bullet, um, Steve Bullet McKenzie. He was a bodyboarder. That he was the only one we let him leave his board at our at um, our grandmother's house. His sister was uh, Lynette McKenzie. Used to be a pro surfer as well. But um, goofy footer, goofy footer, yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, he, uh, <laughs> I'm just thinking about this movie. Because we get a bit of shit about bagging the boogie boarders, but there's yeah. this film clip that the boogie boarders filmed at Maroubra with surfer Brett Young. Have you ever seen it? Brett Young. Oh, you've got to see that <laughs> film clip. And these were the boogie boarders that was hanging at the beach yeah, at that time. Yeah, yeah. But um, they first took us there. And, um, mate, it just was just a, you know, and well, it was that Kobe and Mark and that, and, and Sust Bullet and that. From photos and they'd, they'd flipped and reversed and 
And anyway, the boys just started charging it, basically. Yeah. You know. But it was kind of like, finally, far out, you know. We've got a fucking, we've got a pipeline. We've got a fucking big slab right in our reefs, you know. Oh, and mate. it's right in our community, you yeah. know. It's close to La Perouse and our community is close. You can see it from La Perouse. Yeah. It's closer to bloody Maroubra than it is to Kerala. Mate, I, I, I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't want to serve it on your backhand. It just looks even unmakeable on your forehand, mate. Yeah. Who who's sort of uh, excels out there in your, in your mind, in your experiences out there? Uh, Kobe would have to be one of the best out there for sure. Kobe, definitely Kobe. But, um, you know, Richie Vass is pretty funny out there too. He's a maniac, eh? <laughs> yeah. But, um, I mean, like all the next generation of young chargers coming up and, you know, it was never a wave that we sort of said no one can serve. If you went to Shark Island and you see how many like people are in the water there and how much they've ruined the wave, because you know, a, a, like a, an extreme wave, a, a, like a, such a dangerous wave like that, normally paddling out to get to a break like that sorts it out. But yeah. when you've got a point break or a reef break like that, when people can just paddle out and sit right in the way, yeah. it doesn't have to be more kind of police, you know. But there's yeah. a lot of lot of good Cronulla charges from out there. A lot of good South Coast boys. Yeah. Coming, um, coming to charge there. A lot of couple of the uh, Bonnie boys from the eastern suburbs, yeah. but pretty much Kobe and Mark with it, with the men out there, you know. Mark, Mark Matthews, um, he's had some pretty horrendous injuries in his career. Um, I don't know if he's, he's back in the water now, but I, I remember um, he had a real bad one at Jaws a couple of years ago. Eh? Um, yeah, he's yeah. he's had a run of bad luck over injuries. Yeah, he has. We call him Chalky, but I'll just get back to that last thing. <laughs> If you want to see me, charge is a good one too. Have a look on my Facebook page. I don't use it much, but there's a couple of good big barrels on there as well. Oh, mate, we'll, we'll, we'll check that out for sure, mate. Yeah, the main fan, yeah. But, yeah, old Chalky Matthews, yeah, mate, he, he can't bloody sneeze without snapping. Out, <laughs> <laughs> oh, He's had a couple of bad. He charges. But he was actually, um, he did his apprenticeship with, well, he did one of his... Um, when he did, you know, when at school, when you do your bloody, um, you got to, you know, pick a like training thing to do. What's yeah, it called? like a, um, like a, like, um, like a work experience. <laughs> work experience. Yeah, work he experience. did it with me. Oh, yeah. oh, what did you do it on? <laughs> no, well, we had like we lived right on the beach, and we had like a surf shop, and we had like a little in in house clothing company and stuff, and so you know, but yeah, that was Mark basically. Like folding them, <laughs> folding and sweeping it. We, but I took him. He said I took him to his first reef break. Oh, close yeah, I took yeah. him. I took him to on his first reef break, and you know, so um, but yeah, he was one of those kids, very determined, and just always wanted to be around it and do it, and then and he did, you know. Yeah. And um, hats off to him, you know. Oh, chalky. <laughs> um, Myself and Namu, um, other co-hosts of the podcast, we were going to go over to Ur- Urban Surf, you know, the wave pool in Melbourne, yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, Mark Matthews was was uh, was going to uh, is it, uh, was going to give, give a bit of sp- a bit of a speech on it, but um, cool. he didn't quite get over there. But uh, what do you reckon of the of the wave pools, mate? Have you, have you checked out uh, the surf ranch? Maybe Kelly could drop the board off. Maybe he might invite you over. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, I haven't asked you yet, but yeah, I reckon I'll be in for a start. But um. No, bloody unreal. Like, we used to do all that stuff when we were kids. We used to dig banks and sandbag and, you know, do all that sort of stuff. And I, I suppose it's just like, you, you know, modern, modern bloody take on it. But, um, yeah, good on Kelly for leaving that, um, 
leaving that um, how do you say that that to surfing you know yeah it's one of his um, probably you know been a great athlete but to develop and create something like that it's it's um, going to change the face of surfing I suppose and yeah, yeah, for sure, mate. There's been a lot of mixed opinions on having the, the, the wave pool on tour. Um, well, especially spectators, because um, it's sort of the same every every wave. And I guess it takes out that aspect of just the weather and the swell and the different conditions. Uh, but I think I think uh, wave pools have got a place in surfing. Uh, I mean, I think it's more of a, like you have an expression session, something like that, seeing mm. the biggest airs and stuff. But, um, yeah, so... Uh, I think every I think every city in Australia might be heading down that way. Mm. Maybe it might might uh, calm down the crowds down my Definitely, way if they yeah, think yeah. of wave pool in Perth. But um, yeah. yeah, it's wave pool's back on the on the tour this year. So um, yeah, I'm hoping to get over the urban surf myself actually and watch a, watch a few games at AFL. You got any free tickets for me, mate? Oh mate, <laughs> come on! Mate. We'll, we'll tee something. I'll up. have to call Mark if he's speaking down there. Yeah, he, he, he gave a bit of a keynote speech. Yeah, um, I think maybe it was just some, I think yeah. there was some industry people there, and he gave a bit of a speech. Yeah. So, so where are you living now? Are you, are you sort of still based? in Sydney? Still in Maroubra? Yeah, still in Maroubra. Yeah. Classic, mate. All right, mate. Well, I think it's, uh, we should go grab a bite there and go have, a, have another beer. Um, so we'll probably wrap it up. Um, really appreciate you coming on and. Um, Having a, having a chat with us on the, on the podcast. Um, yeah, mate, you got some great stories. And uh, <laughs> it seems like you had a great, great career. Like, like you yeah. say, like you come on the scene really early. Um, got some great results as a junior. I'll have to check out those uh, those YouTube clips and you're getting pitted. And we'll have to put, put that on our podcast uh, right, Instagram, mate. mate. Sweet so, uh, yeah, mate, so thanks a lot, Sonny. Um, no worries, see man. Pleased to be here, mate. Cheers, mate. All right, then. We'll uh, we'll catch you later. Cheers, guys.